Well, hey guys, it's so good to be with you. I, I was really looking forward to preaching live this Sunday, but you know, because of what's going on with the virus and we're, as a church, we're trying to be the best neighbors that we can be. And so um, along with a lot of other churches in the area, we've decided to go back to online only services. But I'm really grateful that we still get the opportunity to worship together this morning online. So let me pray and I'm gonna jump right into it. God, I thank you for this morning. God, thank you for the opportunity to open your word. God, I thank you that your word challenges us to live the abnormal life. God, I pray that you would help us do that. Teach us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. And so if you haven't been with us, we're in week four of our series we're calling Abnormal, and we're walking through the book of James. And so James, way back in week one, when Kenny preached on James 2, he talked about uh, the idea that if you claim to have faith, then your life should show it. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, then something in your life, your, your life should, should match up with what you claim to be. Now, we know the reality is there's all kinds of things that claim to be something and they're not, they don't really live up to what they claim to be. We call that false advertising. And so this week I looked up some, some uh, ideas, some examples of false advertising. And I want to share some with you. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. Two scoops. Raisin Bran. Man, you know what? I don't know if you ever took the time to sort it all out. I didn't. I just kind of assumed that they were telling me the truth. But that's not even one scoop. Like, what's up with that, man? I, I don't know. Maybe, they're, maybe they were using smaller scoops or something. I don't know. All right. Check out this next one. All right. This is a rope. There's a picture of a man climbing. But in small, in small uh, writing there, it says not suitable for climbing. Like, I really hope somebody didn't just buy that rope, look at the picture and just assume, hey, man, let's go climbing. I don't want to know how that ended up for him. Check out this next one. Tweety Bird. Y'all remember these? The ice cream truck comes around playing the music. This one's actually pretty close, right? It just looks like Tweety Bird might have just drank a little too much NyQuil or something. I don't know. Check out this last one. We all know this last one. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. You know it, right? These fast food commercials, man, they always make the food look so good. And when you get it, it looks more like that. You can still see the special sauce there dripping, but it doesn't quite look like the picture. They always get me on those fast food commercials, man. I'm, I'm eating good, I'm eating healthy, and I see a Whataburger commercial. I'm like, man, that looks good. And I go and it never quite lives up to what the picture looks like. And that's what James is doing in the book of James. He's saying, hey, don't be false advertisement. Like if you're claiming to be a Jesus follower, then your life should match up with that. Last week, Kenny talked about how if you claim to be a Christ follower, there's a certain way that Jesus calls you to love people, particularly people that are different from you. This week, we're going to see where James is going to challenge us. He's going to say, hey, if you're a Jesus follower, there's a certain way that you should use your tongue, your, your mouth, the words that you speak. And so we're going to be in James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12 today. And so let's jump right in. James chapter 3, verse 1. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, 
because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now he's starting it off with a warning here and he's warning uh, people not to do what I'm doing, not to stand up here and teach God's word. He says, because you will be judged more strictly. Now, anybody that is a follower of Jesus is called to teach God's word. In the, in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go into all the nations, baptizing people and teaching them to obey all that I've taught. So we're all called to be teachers of God's word. And, and what James is saying here is, is that shouldn't, we shouldn't take that lightly. God's word is a big deal. We should approach God's word with reverence and awe and we should teach it correctly. But I think what he's also getting at here is that a teacher has influence and a teacher stands up and uses their mouth and he's saying, hey, if you're gonna teach, make sure you're living out what you're teaching. If you're gonna teach my word, make sure you're living it out because you will be judged more strictly. That's what it says. In verse two, he goes on and he says this. He says, we all stumble in many ways right? We know that. For some of us, it's, it's anger. For some of us, it's uh, greed. For some of us, it's pride. For some of us, it's lust. It, what, whatever your issue is, we all stumble in many ways. And he says this, he says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Listen to that. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. He says, if you can find a man or a woman that is never at fault in what they say, then they can keep their whole life, their whole body in check. What a powerful statement. What an awesome statement that is. Like if you could control your words, you could control the rest of your life. If you can control what comes out of your mouth, you can control your whole body, your whole life. He goes on to unpack this, and, and, and I want you to, to realize this. As I'm, as, I'm, as I'm walking through James 3, I want you to hear how important this is. This is a big deal. Like, James wouldn't spend the time to write all this if it wasn't a big deal. Like, I think we take our words, I don't think we take them seriously enough. I really don't. I, I'm guilty of that. I can say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But our words are a big deal. And so as we walk through this, remember that. I'm going to point out, I'm going to read a little bit. Point it, uh, summarize it, read a little bit, summarize it, read a little bit, and we'll be out of here. All right, James chapter three, verse three, three through five. Here it is. When we put bits into the mouths of horses, we make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. So what James is saying here is this, that words are powerful. The words that come out of your mouth are powerful. They're a big deal. He uses two illustrations. He says, they're, they're like, you know, it's like a, a horse, this massive animal, this powerful animal. You put this little piece of metal in its mouth and you can direct it wherever you want that horse to go. And then he says a ship, there's a ship, this, this, this massive ship, and it has this little rudder and the pilot steers and the rudder moves and it directs that ship wherever the pilot wants it to go. Your words direct your life. They're powerful. 
Your words determine your world. They're powerful. I think you know this. Like, like think about it. Think about somebody that, that directed your life. Maybe growing up, somebody that, that was part of your life, that, that spoke into your life, and what they spoke into your life directed your life one way or another. For me, it's, it's the coaches that I've had in my life. I've had, you know, I grew up as an athlete and, and had all kinds of coaches, played all kinds of sports. And I think about the coaches in my life that, that spoke into my life, some good, some bad. And they, they sent my life in one direction or another. There's one coach in particular, Coach Porter. I remember Coach Porter, man. I love, I loved, I loved, I loved Coach Porter. He, he really loved me and my brother, Kirby. He encouraged us so much. He coached us in, in Little League. It was, he coached us in uh, basketball. He coached us in, in track and he coached us in football. And, and, and all the time he was just encouraging, 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 encouraging. I remember he would say stuff like, cream always rises to the top. And I believed it and I worked hard. His words mattered to me. They were powerful. They helped direct my life. My dad was my coach too, but Nobody listens to their dad. I, I know all you dads out there that try to coach your kids. Don't worry. They don't listen. My son doesn't listen to me either. So it's okay. But words are powerful. We all have somebody in our life that has spoken into our life and it's directed it. You know, as a parent, I think about this. I, I have two kids myself. My son is going to be a second grader and my daughter is going to be in sixth grade. If, if we ever go back to school, I don't know, <laughs> but hopefully they'll be in the next grade. And um, I think about this, like my wife and I, we, we talk about this. We think about this, like our words are going to direct their life. The things that we say continually to them will direct their lives. Do we encourage them? Do we build them up? Because it's going to direct their lives. And so all you parents out there, we as a church, we want to help you in this. Our, our family team and our Bridge Kids director, Amber McKay, is, they've come up with Bridge Kids in a Box. Bridge Kids in a Box. It looks like this. It's a month's worth of curriculum. You can, you can as it tells you exactly what to say, word for word, as the parent, the facilitator of the group, the idea is that you would get your kids, you could do it as a family, or your kids could invite their friends to come along, some neighborhood friends. You, you can wear your mask, that's fine. And you, you get together and you, you have a small group and you learn about God's word. We wanna help you as parents speak life into your kids, direct their lives in the way that they should go. Point them towards God's word. And so if you wanna pick that up, parents, this is for our elementary age kids, our bridge kids. You can, you can go online, you can... Uh, Contact the church and, and we'll tell you how you can pick that up and you can start that with your kids. We actually have a picture of it. This is a group of, of kids that um, their parents picked it up and they got with some friends and they're already doing it. There's a couple more kids there on the Zoom call and so they're having a small group and they're learning about God's word and the parents are helping direct their lives towards God. Words are powerful. They can direct your lives. Lives. We go on, James chapter three, verse five and six. It says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. I, I, I took some time, I, I, I Googled, what's the largest wildfire in California history? And it was actually this fire in 2018. It was, it was called the Ranch Fire. 
And, and it started when this man was, was on his land and he, he takes a hammer and he hits a stake and there was one spark and it lit the grass. And that fire burned over 410,000 acres of land, started by one spark. It says, consider what a great fire is set, what a great forest is set on fire by one spark. The tongue is also a fire. And what great imagery James is using. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil. Listen to this. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. This is a big deal. Like, like I wrote it down like this. Words are dangerous. Words are dangerous. It, it, it compares it to a spark lighting a, lighting a whole forest on fire. It says your, your tongue is a fire and it can light your whole world on fire. I don't think I have to go too far to convince you that this is true. You can get on any social media platform, whichever one you like, and you see people just spewing fire, spewing fire, spewing fire, arguing, calling people all kinds of names. Words are dangerous. Some of you know of marriages. Some of you, maybe your marriage was broken up because of words that were spoken. Some of you have childhoods that were ruined because of words that were spoken to you. You could go to your work tomorrow and you could say one sentence and it could get you fired. Words are dangerous. They're powerful. They're dangerous. They can set your whole life on fire. It says in the tongue itself is, is set on fire by hell. And what he's getting at here is that we all have this sin nature. We're all born with it. And Satan wants to use your words to destroy. Satan wants to use your words to, to cause destruction, to cause chaos, to ruin people's lives. They're powerful. It's a big deal. We go on. James 3, 7 and 8, it says this, all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I wrote it like this. Words are uncontrollable. Have you been to the circus? I've been to the circus. I don't even think they have the circus anymore. Either way, I went and it's amazing, right? These elephants, these huge creatures, they're massive. And, and people get them to do all kinds of tricks. Stand up and two feet and walk around in circles and do all kinds of stuff. And then you have these, these, these lions and these tigers, these ferocious beasts, and people get in the cage with them and, and have them jump through hoops and all kinds of crazy stuff. It says man has been able to tame all kinds of wild creatures, but no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. It's uncontrollable. And it says that it, 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 it's, it has uh, uh, poison, right? It's like, it's like venom. And I was thinking about this, like, what if, I brought a, what if I brought a snake up to you? Like we were talking and I just, hey man, have you seen my pet snake? And, and it's, it's not one of these like non-venomous snakes, it, it's a poisonous snake. 
and, and I brought it up and, you know, its fangs are there and the venom's just drip, 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 you know, dripping from it, right? Like, what would you do? What would you do if I did that? You'd run. That's right. You'd run as fast as you can. I, I remember a time, my wife's going to be mad I'm telling you this, but I remember a time we, we, were, we were swimming, uh, my wife and I, this was uh, when, we, when we first got married, we lived in Austin. We were swimming in, on the, in the green belt, you know, out in nature, hiking. We were swimming and we're having a good time. And man, this snake just starts swimming on top of the water straight at us. And it's coming straight at us. And I'm like throwing rocks at it, trying to distract it or get it to go away or whatever. And I look over at my wife and my wife's leg, she's just doing this, like, like the Forrest Gump dance, you know? Just, just shaking. She was terrified. Like that's what it says that our words are. They, they have venom. They're poisonous. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We go on. It says, uh, James chapter 3, verse 9 through 11, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And I wrote this one like this. Here's what James is getting at. Your words matter. Your words matter. You see, this is where he's getting at our lack of consistency. He's saying, hey, with the same mouth, you praise God. And then you use that same mouth to curse men that were created in his image. And how timely is this? Like we see this going on all over our world today by people that claim to be Christians. With the same mouth, we praise God and we curse men that was made in his image. Like I, I thought about this. I'm, I'm guilty of this, okay? You come to church one Sunday, you're in church and man, the worship is, is phenomenal. You're up there and you're worshiping and man, you're feeling it, man. The Holy Spirit's just coming on you and you, you're just getting into it. You might even raise one hand and man, you might get really into it and raise two hands and you're worshiping and you're singing, man, God is so good. And then somebody comes up and speaks, somebody other than me comes up and speaks and man, God's just using them to speak straight to you. It's like they're speaking straight to you and you're like, man, God, you're so good. God, praise you, God. You leave and man, you're on cloud nine, man. You're, you're so close to God and you're, praise you, Lord. Praise you, you're so good. You get in your car, you get out here on highway 90 and some fool cuts you off and man, you let them have it. I've done it. Out of the same mouth comes praising and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Your words matter. And they matter because if you claim to be a Christ follower, people are looking at your lives. And the words that come out of your mouth are a huge part of your lives. Do they line up with what you claim to be? And so I was thinking about this. There's a verse in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 18, 21. And it says this. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. And you see, I want to make the case for you that the, the normal way that people live, 
right? The normal way that people live, the normal way that they use their words is to speak death. Like normal people speak death. And before you push back, before you're like, I don't know, that's a little harsh, that's a little serious. I, I, I just want to list five things, okay? Five things. And, and can you go a week without doing these five things, without these five things being part of your, the words that you use? Can you go a week? Let me listen for you. Without arguing. Some of you are like, I'm tapping out already. <laughs> that's all right, me too. Without complaining. without gossiping. And yes, even the gossiping where it's like, hey, I need to tell you this about somebody so, so we can pray for them. <laughs> that, that kind of gossiping too. Without being negative, without talking negatively. And then without tearing people down. Could you do it? Could you go a week? I knew I was going to be preaching this message this week and I knew I was going to challenge you with this and, and, and so I challenged myself with that. Could I go a week? And I didn't make it past Monday. Like, could you go a day? Without that, that, those kinds of words, without speaking death, without complaining, without arguing, without gossiping, can you do it? That's the normal way that we use our words. But we've learned in the book of James that Jesus does not call us to live the normal life. Jesus is not calling us as his followers. He's not calling us to be normal. He's calling us to be abnormal. And abnormal people speak life. Abnormal people speak life. I was talking to Ginger about this, my wife, and, 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 and I was using this and she was kind of like, I don't know, yeah, maybe. And, and I said, well, well, think about it this way. Like how many people can you list? And, and I want you to think about this. How many people could you list in your life that consistently, not, not all of the time, not 100% of the time, but consistently, the majority of the time, they encourage people. They build people up. They talk with po positive things. They don't gossip, they don't complain, they don't argue. How many people could you list that do that the majority of the time? Like every time you talk to them, you leave feeling so encouraged. If you're anything like me, my list wasn't very long and I'm, I'm not casting stones at you because I doubt I'd be on any of y'all's list, okay? God's still working on me, all right? But how, how many people could you list? My wife listed a friend. She said, I got a friend. And she listened. I said, yeah, yeah. She seems like a nice lady. I don't know. I don't know her that well. And then she said, what about that Chris guy? What about that Chris guy that we knew? You remember him? And I said, Chris, like the guy in college? I said, Ginger, that's like 18, 20 years ago, something like that. And then it hit me like, that's the point. It's so abnormal to meet somebody like this. It's so abnormal. Most people use their words to speak death. Jesus is calling us to use our words to speak life all the time, consistently. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's where we as believers make a choice.
And so I, I, I wrote down the question that I want to answer. I wrote it down like this. How do I become abnormal in the way I use my words? How do I become abnormal? Like I want to, I, I want to do this. I want to speak life. I don't want to speak death. How do I become abnormal in the way I use my words? And I, and I came up with two ways. And the first one, I wrote it down like this. Shh. If you're online, give me, give me the, well, you're all online, but uh, give me the, uh, the, the shh emoji. Okay. Or try this. Everybody's sitting at home. I want you to do this. Even you, your kids on the couch that aren't paying attention. I want you to do this on the count of three. Everybody do it with me. One, two, three. Shh. Just be quiet. James writes it like this in James 1, 19. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. You probably heard this before. I've heard it several times, but it's worth repeating that, that God created us with two ears and one mouth. Maybe that's because he wants us to listen twice as much as we speak. In Proverbs 10, 19, this is one of my all-time favorite verses. I love this verse. Write it down. Memorize it. It's awesome. It says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Too much talk, it will lead to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Now, I, I, I don't want this to rub you the wrong way, and I'm saying this in love. You don't always have to share your opinion. You just don't. You don't always have to try to convince everybody to see things the way you see them. You don't. You don't have to join into every argument. You just don't. You can choose to just be quiet. And this one's hard. It's hard. You can read the book of Proverbs and there's so many verses that talk about the tongue. And how to use your words. There's a prayer that David prays in Psalms. Maybe we should all make this our prayer. He says this. He says, set a guard. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Like God, God, Shut my mouth, God. Lock it and throw away the key, God. Help me, help nothing to come out of my mouth unless I'm speaking life, unless I'm encouraging, unless I'm building people up, unless I'm inspiring people, unless I'm speaking life. God, watch over my lips. Watch over the door of my lips, God. Maybe that's a prayer that we can all pray. So the first one is simply, shh, just try it, just try it. And then the second one, it's, it's the last verse, it's, it's verse 12 back in James 3, and, and it, he's getting at it here, he's, he's, he's getting at it, I want to read it to you. It says, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? 
neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He says this, like, I can't go to an apple tree and expect to pick oranges. It's not going to happen. I can't go out to the ocean and get a cup and scoop out a cup of water and expect it to be fresh water. It's not going to happen. I can't get an orange and go to the tree, apple tree, and, and staple it on there or tape it or glue it, and that tree all of a sudden start producing oranges. It doesn't work like that. It's an apple tree. It produces what it's supposed to produce. In Luke, Jesus is talking to the people that are following him, and he says this to them. He says, a good man brings the good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings out the evil things out of the evil that's stored up in his heart. Listen to this last part. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I wrote it down like this. Ask God to change the source. You see, the source of our words is our heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we can't just go out tomorrow and say, oh, I'm going to add a little encouragement right here. I'm going to add a little positivity right here. I'm going to build people up here. That's not where it starts. It starts with asking God to change our hearts. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I got, a, I got a message a couple years ago from a girl that I taught in high school. And this girl was quiet. She didn't talk much. I, I didn't, she was a really nice girl, and I remember her, but uh, she messaged me, and she said, she said, Coach Lawson, I just want to say thank you. I think you were the best teacher I ever had. <laughs> I don't know why. I definitely wasn't teaching, didn't know the most math. But she said, I came in your class, and I was scared, and I was uh, lost and, and you immediately made me feel safe. And she said, you were never afraid to stand up for what you believe in and I knew you were a man of faith and you encouraged me to stand up for my faith. She said, I loved your class. And you, used, you always used your words to make me feel better about myself. I don't tell you that to like pat myself on the back because I probably got it wrong a whole lot more than I got right. But, but I give you that as an example. Our words are powerful. Words are dangerous. Words are, can be um, used for all kinds of evil. And our words matter. They're uncontrollable and they matter. Maybe we can try just to, to be quiet sometimes. And then maybe we should ask God, God, change my heart. Change my heart so that who I claim to be, a follower of Jesus, matches up with the words that come out of my life. Help me to speak life. Now, I know there's some of you that have, have never, maybe never made the decision to trust in Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe he's, you've never invited him to come into your life and start to change your heart. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. 
The Bible says that if you, if you trust in Jesus, that if you, if you believe uh, that, God, that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose from the dead three days later, that if you confess that with your mouth, you believe it in your heart, that you will be saved. And so in the best way you know how, I, I, wanna, I wanna pray with you. And, and these words aren't magic words, but just, just cry out to God, the best way you know how. Something along these lines, just say, God, I thank you that you love me, that you made me, that you know me. God, I confess that I'm a sinner, that I've messed up, that I've done wrong. God, I ask you to help me to turn from that sin and turn towards you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins and three days later, he rose from the dead so that we could have life if we trust in him. Today, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that, I want you to put the praise hands in the the chat window just so we could follow up with you. We want to help give you next steps. We want to help you uh, learn what it means to to journey with Christ, to, to, to follow him. And for the rest of us, those of us that are already Christ followers, I want to encourage you today. Ask God, beg him to change your heart. Let me pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, um, God, thank you for your word. It's so challenging, God. I pray that we would take our words seriously, God, because they matter. God, they matter. God, help us to be quiet sometimes. God, change our hearts. Continue to do a work in us that you started the day we trusted in you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.